You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. I'm fond of saying that Canada got the French, Australia got the convicts, and America got the Puritans that we still deal with to this day. And you would think listening to this show and others like it that uh, douchebag politician, hypocrite, religious hypocrite, sexual hypocritic politicians are uh, endemic to and uh, only found in the United States of America and that Europe particularly is over it and they don't have to deal with these douchebag, asshole, homophobic, lying, hypocritical uh, politicians. But they do. Uh, David, who is a reader of ours – in the British Isles, a listener of ours, actually, a, a listener to the podcast in the British Isles, wanted to draw everyone's attention to Iris Robinson, who is a member of parliament from Northern Ireland and the wife of the head of the Northern Ireland uh, government, Peter Robinson. And she's a right-wing conservative Christian douchebag asshole piece of shit, just like some of our right-wing conservative asshole douchebag pieces of shit. And her party – the Northern Ireland Democratic Unionist Party stands for monarchy, God, keeping the Catholics down, and hating the queers. And Robinson in particular got into trouble when she said, and I quote, about pedophilia, about fucking children, raping children, there can be no viler act apart from homosexuality and sodomy than sexually abusing children. Do I need to unpack that for anybody? That there is nothing viler than raping children, than a consensual sexual relationship between two adult uh, members of the same sex. According to Iris Robinson, who is for God and country and married 40 years, conservative, good Christian old bat lady. Well, guess what? David draws our attention to Iris Robinson's downfall. Iris Robinson resigned from politics and has retired from public life after it became public that she'd been having an affair and sending out notes to friends and colleagues, you know, notes from basically the first lady of Northern Ireland encouraging people to direct business toward her, her little piece on the side. Now, what I really love about the whole Iris Robinson story is uh, the little bow she wants to tie on it to get everyone to shut up and leave her alone. Um, she has said now, uh, I do not deserve a second chance, but I have been given one. I have been forgiven by God. Isn't that nice for Iris that God forgave her for the affair, not for the comment comparing or, or you know, saying that homosexuality was worse than child rape. But God has forgiven her. End of discussion, right? We, we've seen this in America with David Vitter, the senator from Louisiana, who is a family values conservative anti-gay marriage crusader. And it came out that he had been visiting prostitutes who, according to the prostitutes, had been diapering the senator, hence the nickname that they gave him, Vitter the Shitter. So he went full brown, as they say in the uh, sex worker biz. And when it came out, he said he didn't have to discuss it with anyone because God has forgiven him. So we the people, we his constituents in Louisiana, we all Americans whose private lives David Vitter wants to micromanage, uh, we aren't allowed to ask him any questions about his private life because God forgave him as God has forgiven 
Iris Robinson. Just a little reminder there, America, that, you know, all the douchebag asshole politicians in the world, they aren't all ours. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit AdamandEve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. I was in a situation over the last week where um, a third party started uh, flirting with me and uh, giving me very clear messages that she'd like to um, play around with me. And we ended up talking about it and, and getting more and more physical. And um, finally, at the point of, of um, actually doing it, um, we both kind of went, well, you know, I'm married. That's me being married. She's single. Um, it wouldn't really feel right to do this unless, you know, it was cool. And me being a regular po- podcast listener thought, well, okay. I should go and talk talk with my wife, let her know what's going on, and like at least keep her in the loop. Which um, ended up freaking my wife out completely, and freaking this uh, interested party out completely. When when I what I realized afterwards is that um, my wife had told me on, on other occasions that if things like this happened, she just didn't want to know. And I figured out that this interested third party was also kind of hemming and hawing, um, probably because she wasn't into it. And so now here I am, um, somewhat in the doghouse with my wife, although we've kind of worked it out and still kind of flirting around with this third party, but she's very far away and I'm not really interested in driving for eight hours. So, um, I don't know, sometimes being direct with your spouse doesn't work out. Never was there such a tale of woe as that of you, dummyo, and your dumb-ho. Listen, the problem wasn't that you were direct with the wife. The problem was that, that you didn't recall, as you prepared to have this conversation with the wife, that she had told you that she didn't want to know, that she'd already given you the get-out-of-infidelity-free card. It was in your wallet. You didn't really even need to check with her. And generally, as, as a rule, the time to have a conversation about outside sexual contact or a degree of openness, opening the door cracks, some way of letting the you know, infidelity, adultery, monogamy steam out is not when the piece of ass that you'd like to fuck on the side is waiting for you on the porch. Oh, honey, there's a piece of ass outside that I met. I really want to go fuck her. That okay with – that is the wrong time. You need to have – the conversation well in advance, as you did, as she did when she told you it was okay, she just didn't want to fucking know about it. And when it can be discussed as, as sort of a vague hypothetical possibility down the road where the other person is this abstraction and not this living, breathing twat on legs on the porch. All right? So the problem is that you were direct that you took my advice and it fucked everything up because you were direct with the wife. The problem is that you were stupid. That you already had her permission, her tacit permission, and you fucked it up. And I'm sorry, but you fucked it up. Not me. Don't you point fingers at me. No, girl. Hey, Dan. It's Ryan from Illinois, a 29-year-old gay male. And I just have a problem. So I've been interested in this guy up in New York for the past 
year or so, and I really like him emotionally. We really connect emotionally. I've gone to see him several times, and we really connect in every way, but I just don't see him enticing me sexually. I just, he's attractive, but when I think about him, there's just nothing there as far as, you know, wanting to do anything. So I just don't know what to do. Uh, Let me know if you can help. Stop toying with this guy. Stop seeing him uh, in a romantic way. Stop leading him on. If you have determined that you are not sexually, physically attracted to him, it's kind of nasty of you to draw out this courtship in which he will reasonably assume that sex is a possibility, that you are sexually attracted to him on some level or you wouldn't be investing any further in the possibility of a romantic relationship with him. And when it all comes crashing down because your dick don't want him, he's going to be hurt. Knock it the fuck off. You gave it a chance. You know, sometimes I've heard from people who've said, you know, I have a crush on this guy, uh, but he's not the type I'm usually sexually attracted to. But there's some attraction there. And what that's – that their dicks are just telling them that the decisions that their, you know, higher brain made about who and what they were attracted to uh, – wasn't com- were com- you know complete that the, that their reptile brain had other ideas and more was possible for them sexually than the A and F boys or just the bears or whatever it is that they had locked onto earlier and decided that's all they wanted. That's not what you're saying. You're saying you are not physically attracted to this guy. Cut him loose. Hi Dan. Um, I'm 20. I'm bi. I'm poly, and I'm pagan. So. Um, I'm really uh, open about sexuality. I'm very giving. I'm, I'm, I'd like to think that I'm very, very good. Of, but um, I'm having a problem with my boyfriend of over a year. Um, we'd had some issues with our sex life for a while because there were just certain things he wouldn't do for me. He wouldn't go down on me. He just never really made a lot of effort to try and get me off or anything. And I complained to him about it, and it kind of slightly improved. And you know, but we've had multiple arguments about this and it eventually occurred to me that he might be, I guess, what you would call asexual and I did some research and I thought that might be it and I, I showed it to him and he agreed that that sounded like him. Um, and it's not that he never fucks me, it's just that he'd rather just do it and get it over with. Um, I uh, then did more research and I'm a psychology major so this sort of thing fascinates the hell out of me. And... Um, so I uh, did more research, and the more I think about it, the more I think this whole asexuality thing is complete BS. I, I mean, not to be offensive to anybody, but to me, if you don't have a normal sex drive, that just seems kind of wrong because it's, um, uh, it's against your natural biology. And although I'm poly and I have no problem going out and finding somebody else, to me, if I'm in a relationship with someone, they should at least want to sleep with me sometimes. And a lot of my pleasure comes from pleasing other people. And um, if I stay with him and I go sleep with other people, it's basically going to be like having a nice gay roommate who can look at you and say, yes, you're attractive and and you're smart and I like hanging out with you, but I don't want to fuck you. It's like being somebody's fag tag, I guess. Um, so I don't know if I should stay with him or if we can work some sort of arrangement. And he's talking about talking to his therapist about it and seeing what he decides he wants to do or if he thinks it's a problem or not. I just, I just need some advice from somebody who's not part of the situation, I guess. I'm trying to imagine a situation in which 
I would get involved with a guy who wouldn't go down on me, who made no effort to get me off, who when he did condescend to have sex, just wanted to do it and get it over with. And I'm trying to imagine a certain set of circumstances where I would be in relationship with this guy for a year. And I can't. I can't imagine what could possibly – unless he, you know, he was Prince William and I would get to be Queen of England. Maybe I would put up with this bullshit. But I'm guessing this guy that you're dating is not Prince fucking William and you're not going to get to be the Queen of fucking England. So perhaps it's time to pull the fucking plug. You are overthinking this. You can't fix him and you shouldn't settle – for what he's laying out in front of you. Yeah, you're 20, you're bi, you're poly, you're pagan. Oh, that's so awesome. And you're in school and you're a psych major, la, 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 la. That's great. But he's supposed to be your boyfriend. He's supposed to be where you go for fun and sex and companionship, not counseling sessions and arguments and sexual incompatibility at 20. You're too young to settle for this kind of bullshit and trouble and unpleasantness move the fuck on already which i suspect you would have done if you weren't 20 by polypagan and a psych major but being 20 by polypagan and a psych major i think maybe you're looking at the world through uh, bullshit spackled spectacles which isn't a phrase but i'm gonna coin it the text that you asked ruth they're looking at me like you're what are you on today savage you can't fix everybody and everything. You are not the earth mother, all right? You're not his shrink. You are supposed to be his girlfriend. If there's no pleasure in this relationship, if there's no mutual electricity and attraction and delight uh, in, in your sexual congress, just fucking pull the plug already. You have my permission. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. I'm a 47-year-old male, married, and I'm calling about my brother-in-law, who was in a relationship with a woman for over a year, and things seemed to be going just fine. And one day, he was at her house, uh, as he was quite often, uh, took a shower, checking on the dog, and uh, they were going to go out to dinner, and before dinner, they decided to go out, uh, they decided to check his email, and her email happened to be up, and he discovered, um, quite by accident, a number of emails uh, with a particular tagline that caught his eye, and he looked at one and realized that she had been having a BDSM affair with someone in the area. Um, she'd been trolling chat rooms and uh, working the internet and meeting up with people uh, in person as well. This was all news to him, and I guess um, rather than just get angry, he took three of the best emails he could find, which had the most vivid amount of detail, and forwarded them to everyone in her address book. Uh, family members, friends, co-workers, business associates. Needless to say, she was less than pleased. Um, he was um, taken to court uh, on harassment charges, and he paid a fine and was ordered to go through anger management classes. 
following that, the DA got a hold of the case and uh, picked it up in terms of something called telecommunications harassment, which I'm not really clear what exactly that is. Uh, that's going to trial fairly soon, and needless to say, my brother-in-law is rather freaked out. Additionally, it sounds like it could actually be picked up uh, on a federal level and tried uh, in federal court, which means, I don't know, that someday my brother-in-law could actually be wearing one of those cool orange jumpsuits that you see uh, in federal prison movies all the time. So my question to you is this. Um, I mean, I know it was stupid, but how stupid was it? Was it that stupid? Or is this just one of those things that in modern times uh, it gets prosecuted sort of a lot more vigorously than one would expect? Um, I've always sort of been under the impression that there's a sort of, you know, crime of passion law out there. Uh, you know, the husband comes home, finds his wife in bed with another man, shoots them both, gets away with it. Um, that's almost what this seems to qualify as. You know, he certainly didn't waste a whole lot of time between finding the emails and sending them. You know, it was a matter of minutes. And that was that. Uh, you know, a few minutes out of his life, and I guess that's all it takes sometimes to ruin it. The funniest part of it is, I guess, is that um, he actually asked my, my wife if uh, she thought he was psycho. And she said, well, let me ask you one question. When you press send, do you think there was any chance that you were going to get back together? <laughs> and he laughed, and she laughed, and he said no. He knew it was basically over with at that point. So I guess from a psychological point of view, he's not truly psycho, just um, did something a little stupid. I'm just very curious what you uh, think about this, what your take on it is. The crime of passion, sort of exceptions to the law that you reference, usually allowed men to beat the fuck out of their wives and then say, I was just angry, Your Honor, because she cheated on me or I thought she cheated on me or she looked at that guy funny. Um, so that exception isn't made often anymore. You're – Brother-in-law's mental state, his anguish at that moment really isn't going to be taken into consideration. Uh, what do I think? I think it's overkill if they're literally making a federal case out of this. It sounds like he's been punished enough. What he did was such an invasion of her privacy. What she did to him, cheating, was wrong. What he did to her was really an attempt to destroy her in the eyes of all of her colleagues, to ruin her professionally, to destroy her – personal relationship with every member of her family. And that was such an asshole move that, that it staggers me. It's like the Craigslist experiment that somebody pulled a few years ago where they trawled Craigslist looking for people into BDSM. And then people, you know, did the right thing and sent their real phone numbers, real photos, uh, real home phone numbers and work phone numbers uh, to establish that baseline trust that you need in a BDSM uh, encounter. And then the Craigslist experiment assholes put all of that online to out these people as, you know, SM perverts, which is what he did to her, which you can understand in that moment why he might do it uh, because he was so angry and upset. My question for you is where is his lawyer? Where Has he lawyered up? Uh, this just seems like if he has no prior criminal record – uh, has never fucked with anybody digitally before, has never sexually assaulted anyone before, has never engaged in any sort of conduct uh, that brought him onto the wrong side of the law before, that they wouldn't be wasting uh, precious state, local, and federal resources to persecute this asshole, your brother-in-law, who made a mistake in a moment of 
distress. Uh, I would hope that you guys are kicking in the whole family for a good lawyer who can go and uh, plea all this down and put all this help put all this behind your brother-in-law. So I'm 18 and I live with my boyfriend. Uh, for his birthday a little while ago, like I wanted to have like more experimental sex because he's been kind of interested in that. And anyway, so I like I tied him down and I mean, it's just kind of rough, but not really. And um, and then I I have this phobia that I have for like my whole life of like my throat and being choked and. Anyway, he knows that, and he's usually really sensitive to it, but it doesn't really require a lot of sensitivity. Like, I've gone through hypnosis, and it's helped me a lot. And anyway, it's not that big of a thing. It doesn't come up that much, but then he tried to tie me down. It was like, he tried to he tried to tie my throat down, and he, he tried to, like, do these things with my neck, and I was totally uncomfortable, but, like, he tied my mouth, so I couldn't really talk. And anyway, I'm not sure really how to approach the subject and say, like, that was completely out of line without telling him that, like, it's okay to push farther, just not, just not past that point. Or anyway, like, some kind of, maybe approaching the topic of a safe word, or, but not a word, because obviously I couldn't talk. Anyway, I just want to make sure that the situation doesn't happen again. Um, if you have any advice, that would be great. Thanks. Bye. Until you've reached a point in your life where you can be assertive, about safe words, about uh, what you will consent to and will not consent to, about ruling things in and ruling things out sexually. You shouldn't let anybody tie you up ever again. You shouldn't let anyone gag you ever again, particularly this asshole who knows you have this phobia about choking and tried to choke you. How do you broach the topic of a safe word? You say, you like fucking me? You like this piece of ass? You ever want to get to touch it again? You will never do anything like that again. That was bullshit. That was an asshole move. You pissed me off and you scared me and that ain't what it's supposed to be about. I would recommend that you order from Amazon the topping book and the bottoming book, the topping book particularly for your boyfriend by Dossie Easton and Catherine A. List, Getting Good at Being Bad and the bottoming book, How to Get Wonderful People to Do Terrible Things to You and read them. Uh, if you're going to be gagged, you can have a safe gesture. Anyone who's not an asshole during S&M sex can read distress uh, on someone's body physically. Uh, so uh, the fact that he didn't and he pushed through this and he seemed anxious to do all these things that he knew were really going to upset you and really push your buttons leads me to believe that he is not a safe BDSM partner at whatever age he is and you shouldn't do this with him again for a good long time and if you do do it with him again you have to have an established safe word and an established safe gesture if you cannot speak you can have a rubber ball in your hand that if something's happening and you need out and you want it stopped you just drop the ball and it has to stop but I don't know if you can trust somebody to honor your safe word or your safe gesture if he has already revealed himself to be the kind of asshole who when he gets you tied up, immediately wants to go to these places uh, where, where your phobias are about being choked and, and suffocating. So I would read these books, read them with him. If you want to sink some more time into this jerk, if you think it was an accident, if you think you can reform him, you're going to be a better judge perhaps of his character because he's there with you than I am way over here. But you got to speak up for yourself. You got to be assertive. You can't do this kind of varsity level sex play if you're – tongue-tied and intimidated and inhibited about communication. You have to be able to communicate your concerns, your fears, 
your need for a safe word and you need to be able to give him some feedback uh, and tell him that what he did was wrong and uh, he blew it and it's never going to happen again uh, if he doesn't promise to uh, reform and, and to do better and to read this fucking book. Um, yes, I am a 32-year-old lesbian female. I live in the um, Midwest. I am curious, I live in a, a large city. I am curious, I was invited out to what I guess, I don't really know what to call it, but a place where couples go and it's like a bar or something where they have sex. I don't really know too much about it. Um, I was invited to go there and then I ended up not going because um, the date or whatever was broken. But I am interested in going to these places. I have a couple of concerns, um, mostly because they seem to be for straight people, and I'm not really sure how that works. Um, I mean, I'm sure some of the people are bi, like the women or whatever. I have heard that they do things together. But um, I'm a little concerned um, and a little not sure what I should do since I'm not going with the other person and not. I don't really feel comfortable saying anything to anybody I know about going with me, and it would be definitely an awkward thing to go, at least at first, by myself, especially considering that I'm not wanting to play in any type of hetero type of way at all, and I'm really actually not interested in any of the women um, that have sex with men. So I guess I just want to see what it's like and see what does go on there, and maybe there would be some random couples that are are. I don't really know too much about it, and I am interested. I would suggest that as a lesbian who isn't interested in sleeping with men or with women who sleep with men, that you don't go to heterosexual swingers, bars, parties, environments. Um, you, If you just want to go to check the scene out, if it is sort of a reputable swingers environment, if it's part of the whole swinging circuit, the organized sort of heterosexual adultery a-thon that is swinging, uh, and if it is, you should be able to Google it. You should be able to find reviews. You should be able to find references to it or listings of it on uh, big swingers websites. If it's one of those places, it's a matriarchy. Uh, they only exist. Swinging is only possible. Everyone from the outside who hasn't actually delved into the swingers world as I did for my book, Skipping Towards Gamora, assumes it's this sort of like weird, unsafe environment for women and the women who are there are sort of in distress or upset or only there because their husbands want to be there and the women are being passed around and they feel like, you know, garbage cans being filled with spunk. And that's not really true. Uh, swinging can't happen if women won't go. Women won't go if they feel uncomfortable uh, or unsafe. So men are really on their best behavior. Women tend to be uh, in the driver's seat. And there tends to be in most swingers' environments this sense that no, everything will collapse if the ladies are made to be uncomfortable. So no one pressures a newbie who wants to take a look around the first time they go into doing anything that she doesn't want to do or that that couple doesn't want to do. Uh, most you know, real swingers environments, real swingers parties, real swingers events uh, are used to people coming by a few times before they do anything uh, just until they uh, obtain some comfort level with the people there with the, with the sort of kind of new erotic experience of being in this room where people are – on the market or even actually uh, having sexual contact with each other. So don't feel like you can't go just to check it out and remain fully clothed and single women are always welcome 
at swingers parties and swingers events. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised if this is a reputable swingers environment, which you should check out before you go. But if you if it is and you do go, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by how comfortable you're made to feel and how little pressure uh, you're put under to disrobe or perform or fuck a man, which you don't have to do because you're a lesbian, la, la, la. Hey, Dan. Uh, I'm a uh, 29-year-old straight male, and I was just listening to episode 159 with the woman who couldn't motivate her uh, boyfriend to exercise and lose weight. And so I thought I would call in um, to mention something that worked in my case, which was a plan that my wife came up with. Um, I wouldn't so much call it uh, withholding sex. It was more like, um, (laughs) you know, if I exercised and meet my exercise goals every day, then uh, we would have sex um, every two days, uh, whatever I wanted to do. Whereas, you know, otherwise it would just be the normal amount of sex, which for us was maybe every three or four days. And uh, I got to say, it worked wonders. Uh, I'm about 40 pounds over the course of a year and have managed to keep it off for about a year after that. And um, I mean, actually, we only really had to keep at it for about six months. And by then I was sort of Pavlovian conditioned so that I would keep exercising even without the um, actual scheduled encouragement. And uh, so, I mean, I I can see how that might not work for everybody. You know, I think it's probably uh, important that it was her idea that she proposed it and I agreed with it rather than me trying to um, impose that on her. And uh, also, you know, I think part of why it worked so well was, you know, maybe I wasn't even all that horny, say, some days, but it would be this notion that, well, you know, she's offering to do whatever I want if I'll just exercise. Um, It would be kind of insulting if I didn't get off my ass and, and go do that. So anyways, just thought I would toss that out there. Hey, I was just calling a response to a woman who called in some time ago about her transgendered coworker and about how she wasn't sure if she should call him by the pronouns that he wanted or just go with the flow about everybody else, uh, with uh, what everybody else was calling him, which I think at that point was um, she and her. And I was just going to implore people who are ever in this woman's situation to please just call the person by what they want to be called. Speaking um, as a 15-year-old trans guy who has been and is going through transition in in high school, um, I know that even when just one person out of however many people calls me what I want to be called, it it helps, like, tremendously. It just, uh, it lets me know that there's just like at least one person out there who who respects my wishes and who gives a shit about me, you know? So, yeah, that's all. Thank you. I am responding to podcast number 166, where the married man um, had the question about the escort not wanting him and not feeling wanted by him. And I would just like to confirm as a male escort that I want my clients. Um, there's frequent questions about whether I actually want them or whether I... It doesn't matter. I want them. You are supplying my income. You're paying for my apartment. You're paying for my car insurance. You are my lifeblood. I would also like to echo the fact that if you are hiring an escort, please take personal hygiene into consideration. You, it, it cannot be valued enough. You washing your hands, you brushing your teeth, taking a shower. Yes, we all are paid sex workers, but I, there's only so much one can do. Um, 
I listen to your podcast as I drive. I'm actually on the way right now to see a client, and I would just like to thank you for all the really, really great positive things you said about sex work in the past. Hi, Dan. This is Katie, and I am one half of the popovers who, uh, as you may know, did your theme song for your show. Um, I just listened to episode uh, 168, I think it was, about the gentleman who was recently diagnosed with ALS. And um, as you have mentioned on the show before, um, Tim LaFollette, who was the uh, my other partner in crime in the popovers um, was recently diagnosed with ALS as well. And I just wanted to say to, to the gentleman who called that um, I was fortunate enough on New Year's Eve, so not, not even a week ago, to watch Tim LaFollette get married. Um, he was uh, with a girl, a beautiful girl named Kaylin, uh, for about... Uh, for only a couple months before he started showing symptoms. And then uh, I think it was about seven or eight months after they started dating that he was officially diagnosed. And uh, so he was diagnosed in May, and he proposed to her on their first anniversary, which was in September. And so I saw him get married. And I just wanted to say that, that there is always hope and there is always a possibility because I've just seen it happen in my life. Thanks for the feedback, everybody. Uh, particularly like the first caller where they worked out the sexual arrangement to incentivize working out. Uh, some people might have a problem with that. We'll get calls about withholding and being manipulative. But you know what? If you can make manipulative withholding into a game that you're both enjoying and you can eroticize some bullshit that you got to get done – I think that's all to the good. Uh, wanted to read one letter before we let everybody go. Dear Dan, on a recent podcast, a man called in requesting information he could share with his girlfriend on how pornography affects men, specifically that it doesn't turn them into rapists and monsters who degrade all women. Feminist for Free Expression is an excellent resource for and by feminists, predominantly women, that covers issues like prostitution, pornography, bondage, birth control, and other attacks on sexual freedom. www.f F-E-U-S-A dot org or Google Feminists for Free Expression. Thanks very much for the email. Thanks very much for the calls, the questions, and the feedback. And we're going to have to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. You download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day, including the Savage Love Letter of the Day at slog.thestranger.com. And me and the tech savvy at Risk Youth. We'll be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading.